This is Diaries of a Sensitive Soul. My name is Rachel Kelly. Welcome to my podcast. As a highly sensitive person, knowing there's so many others out there just like me, I wanted to create this podcast as a safe place to express myself and connect with others as I explore and share topics that many of us stay silent around. As a trauma-informed coach and narcissistic abuse specialist, you can expect both personal stories and educational insights along the way. My hope is that by hearing the raw and vulnerable parts of my life, you can remind yourself that you're never alone in yours. Hello and welcome to the next episode of Diaries of a Sensitive Soul. And in this episode... I'm going to be sharing with you some personal red flags and experiences, examples of red flags that I went through that I witnessed in um, a narcissistic relationship. And I think this will be really useful because they all show up in different ways. So they're going to be more personalized. And um, yeah, I feel like this is going to be a really great episode for you just to listen to, to see if you can acknowledge any of these in your relationships. Um, and yeah, like if you do, just allowing yourself to be really curious why they're showing up for you and what that means about you, for you, in your relationship. For us to become in a relationship with somebody who doesn't have our in, our best interests at heart, who is maybe uh, narcissistic, is, you know, categorized um, as a narcissist with narcissistic personality disorder, or just has some traits, some narcissistic traits, some toxic traits, or someone that really maybe isn't emotionally open and available for you. Um, red flags are things that are like alarm bells that are like, okay, this isn't in alignment with what I want. This doesn't feel right. Um, and they're, they're things for us to listen to. They're red flags for a reason. They're not random. They're not to be overlooked. They're there for us to listen to. But what can happen is we begin to doubt ourselves due to our own previous experiences, due to maybe lack of awareness. And so we can overlook them for many reasons. And so I'm specifically going to share the red flags that I experienced due to um, a narcissistic relationship. And so these will be connected into uh, traits of um, a narcissist. So someone that has narcissistic personality disorder. So this is interesting because I've just recorded the podcast around the journal entry that I found from my breakup two years ago. And I stopped at some point um, and didn't complete that. Uh, for some reason, I kind of left the end untouched. I think I was just journaling out during a bad time uh, before the relationship ended. And I finished off this a Google document that I was writing and kind of brain dumping out with a whole list of red flags that I let fly under the radar. So I'm going to share them with you because I think there are some juicy uh, insights here. So the first one in this relationship, my ex-boyfriend actually admitted to having no empathy. So for some reason, he just told me he has no empathy. 
So this is an interesting one because at first when he openly admitted, I have no empathy, like, come on, why, why was that okay for me? <laughs> what part of me was like, yeah, sweet, like, I'm cool with that. Um, so my thoughts that I've unpacked here is that for some reason, I felt like that he had just confessed something that he wouldn't have confessed to me if it was that bad. Like, surely if he had absolutely no empathy, then he wouldn't tell me that he had no empathy. So I just thought like he didn't have a lot of it and kind of like felt like a double bluff when I look at it. And I think you know, the I questioned that I don't know whether he was intentional about sharing this, which now, I guess, in some ways, yes, it sounds like a manipulation tactic of some sort. But I at least thought he had some empathy for the way that he listened and cared for me in the beginning. So one thing I will say on this is that narcissists can... Um, can create something called cognitive empathy. They can pretend, they can act like they listen, they care, they deeply understand. And this is just coming from a, a part of their brain. It's not really that deep feeling of empathy. Narcissists um, are, you know, known and categorized as having no empathy and no compassion due to, yeah, their development and, and how this personality d disorder is formed. Um, and so for, for him to confess that was kind of confusing because I was like, narcissists, I don't know, at the time when he confessed this, I wasn't thinking, is he a narcissist? Maybe I had some doubts, but like, really, it was just a confusing thing that in hindsight, I kept remembering. I was like, yeah, he did say this, you know, so it did stick with me. But narcissists do not have the ability to self-reflect. And again, it's one of those things where it's confusing, of course, for someone to then seem self-reflective. Actually, what I will say here is a really funny thing, just for some deeper, deeper context. My ex-boyfriend, who was a narcissist, is a narcissist. Uh was and maybe still is I don't know I don't follow him or interact with him in any way um was a life coach and was coaching other people and he had his own business without integrity of course and there was many things wrong that I noticed that were really kind of off for me to witness uh to witness but this was also very confusing because in my head I was like someone that's doing this coaching work has clearly done a lot of work on themselves they're clearly doing like a great thing for humanity they're helping other people like he really has his shit together like he's here we're working on the same thing I just started coaching he realized that I did coaching we bonded over this and I was like he's got a good heart he's here with good intentions so there are certain things like that where our mind will just decide to latch onto something and decide that because this person has this outward exterior this uh this thing in their life this must mean they're a good person and this is the thing this is another manipulation tactic and also driven by the the lack of self-worth within a narcissist is to really curate the perfect life to really give this idea to the outside world that like what the narcissist um their life is like they are they are valued because of their achievements that what they've got on the outside um the success the money the materialistic stuff it's all it's all 
a manipulation. It's all driven for people to create a certain idea about the about them. And so this is also why it's very confusing for people on the outside, sometimes for victims of narcissistic abuse, to feel like people don't understand or believe them because to the outside, their partner or their ex-partner with NPD, narcissistic personality disorder, will be viewed as like the most amazing person to someone else who doesn't have the awareness of narcissism. So that's just a side note. The next red flag that I wrote was that he dehumanized any emotion as if they're not worth having. So negative emotions, one of the things he basically said, which I remember and didn't sit right with me, was negative emotions must be bypassed and got rid of immediately because they serve no purpose. Uh, and his other kind of motto was like, let's just think differently and all of your problems will be so solved. It's funny because as I'm reading these out, I'm like, I wonder if like he would ever listen to this podcast, which is funny. Um, and yeah, but yeah, this was his motto for him specifically to tell me that a negative emotions must be bypassed and got rid of immediately. They serve no purpose. I felt really activated in there because I knew that um, I knew that that wasn't right. I knew that it invalidated me actually and validated a lot of my experiences and the fact that he would just take uh, this phrase and whenever I felt maybe sad or whatever, he would just say, let's just think differently and everything's going to be great, you know? So that was something else that I was like, hmm, not feeling that as like, yeah, a genuine kind of, um, or I'm not feeling that this rep this shows your character as like an emotionally open and available person. So the next one that I wrote was that he really detracted from like important things with like distracting tangential stories and anecdotes to take away from the focus of like the actual topic of conversation. This would just yeah look like him going off on tangents like I would share something meaningful and important to myself I don't know maybe he would pull out like this like something from a book that he read that made him sound like he really understood like what he was talking about but like the focus was just completely away from the topic of conversation it didn't make sense sometimes and again this is clear to be another tactic many reasons uh why they they use this from a personal standpoint how I saw this was that sometimes um yeah maybe yeah he couldn't connect in emotionally to the topic of the conversation so so for him to really help self-soothe that kind of wound of feeling not enough and his ego may be feeling a bit damaged of like oh I can't participate I don't know what's going on let me just think of something that's going to make my ego like um yeah like make me look of importance like I know what I'm talking about so that was something else that I noticed dismissing any form of emotion expressed. So by saying things like this doesn't need to be talked about right now, just let it go or telling me that he was too tired to talk right now and then never really coming back to the conversation, even though it was important for me. So like this dismissing of emotions, it wasn't just by the things that he said. As I read this now, I remember like it wasn't really just by the things that he he said, but there was a lot of dismissing. So anytime that an emotion is expressed, uh, if you feel that you're being dismissed in something um, because they're never making any time to listen or hear you, then again, that's a red flag. It's different in a situation where somebody is like, 
okay, maybe I don't have the capacity now, but let's talk about it later. I'm too tired right now, but let's talk about it later. But if it becomes a consistent thing where there's never any time, they're never making any space, then of course that's a red flag because how is that an equal kind of energy exchange and and how is that a healthy relationship? Yeah, so the point is coming back to the topic of conversation that's important for you. And if that's not happening, then yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a thing to be looked at. The other one I wrote was when I shared that these behaviours were making me feel unhappy. Uh, he didn't take any responsibility, but instead he would say things like, I suggest that you go and do a gratitude practice to shift your way of thinking. So this is something funny, as I've already said, this guy, my ex was a coach. And so, yeah, again, it felt very much like dismissive. I'm not understanding or hearing you. Um, but more of like, how can I tell you what to do? How can I, you know, him stepping into that coachy persona that makes him feel kind of in control and like powerful because he's being seen as like a savior, a hero, like fixing other people, let's say I'm doing kind of air quotes. But, um, yeah, you know, to be received with let like you go do a gratitude practice in a kind of cold way, like not even hearing what I would say. Um, so again, like to kind of relate this to yourself, it's kind of that dismissing thing. Maybe it's not a s specific thing, but this can be um, shown in a way of like, um, yeah, just no responsibility being taken from. Yeah, this is this is actually a key point as I'm seeing this written back there were certain behaviors that I would receive from him that if I felt unhappy, yeah, there was a lack of responsibility taken. So that's another key thing. Whenever you express something, is there, is there responsibility being taken? And does that feel like an equal kind of exchange or is it very much one-sided? Are they able to admit when they've been wrong? And yeah, I guess there's another interesting thing around the whole like, admitting they're wrong. So we'll come on to that. Another red flag. Okay. Forgetting important things that I would tell him. He was very much like, mm -mm. he wouldn't remember anything at all to the point where it was just like, what's the point in saying anything now? But like, not just little things, big things. And this kind of linked into like him having no interest in my life. Like there was no curiosity or any questions around like things that made me happy or, th or things that were meaningful for me. So like it was very one-sided, like it just got to yeah, the point where there was never really any real questions, curiosity, the fact that there was never any remembering. Like I think he like, I don't know if he made a joke or like, um, yeah, I definitely was like, there's something wrong with you or like, um, remembering but then I realized with all the other things is that it wasn't that it was that yeah he just wasn't listening he wasn't available he wasn't open and yeah that's because yeah he was very much consumed in his own life and and himself um yeah, the next point I wrote was no real interest in anything other than himself and his public image. So everything that he did, everything that he did um, was to do with his public image. And so if you're noticing this in someone else, it's like you, you want someone obviously in a healthy relationship to take interest in you. I, it's a normal kind of exchange, right? Like um, 
But when we're coming from a place of either confusion, lack of self-worth, lack of understanding of what a healthy relationship should look like. Many things can really be the foundation of why we overlook these red flags. But if you're, if you feel that there's no real interest, that someone's giving you no real interest in your things, that's not like, ask yourself if you're okay with that, really. Are you okay with that? And then start to look at their patterns. Because the thing is, you know, someone that's really only focused on their public image is, of course, a... um a sup- there's a superficiality to that. So yes, you can be concerned with your public image and then there's other things that you do have and there's not all these other red flags. But if you're if you're solely concerned with that and you're seeing these patterns play out, why are they so concerned with how other people view them? Why are they why is that the only thing that seems to matter? And you'll be able to see by the amount of time spent the amount of thoughts, the amount of yeah energy that that this these people are going into to kind of um, make sure that they're viewed in a really really great light by other people. Um, so the thing that I'll come on to with that is that specifically my ex was focused on social media so much to the point that yeah like it was a business thing, but he yeah was using social media and his status on social media in some ways as just a mask to really hide. Um, to hide behind and to portray the perfect kind of charming person that he wasn't and this successful self-image and one of the things that I really remember which is hilarious is that he used to pay for likes views followers on different social media platforms and at the time I was like oh this is kind of cute you know like I know there's no judgment here if this is something you've done but this is just me giving like clear real examples of like actual things that he would do to the point where he would like google himself all of the time and just he kept looking himself up on social media like really trying to see how many views he would have and like it was an obsession like it was a it was a whole thing so as I'm saying this there are things in here that may stem from that that maybe you're thinking like oh I've done this maybe I do this and I just want you to know that of course these things are on spectrums and like if you've for example like like the social media one if it's something that you do and you notice you know that it's coming from a a place of lack of lacking self-worth self-trust feeling insecure and you're kind of looking things up you're like you know that that's okay don't judge yourself for that if you're if you've maybe noticing anything in yourself you're like oh but am I a narcissist? (laughs) Because this is a big question that many people have, especially if you've been in a narcissistic relationship. There's a lot of things like mirroring and different ends of a spectrum where, yeah, there may may be some similar traits that you may feel that you're possessing. So that's, again, another side note, just to kind of, if there's any thoughts around around that um but again when I say it's on a spectrum it's like looking at like how often are they doing this what are they doing this at the expense of and what are all the other things that they're doing as well so it's not like solo red flags of like oh they did this once or they're just like looking at this like there's there's many things here so the next thing is being disengaged and empty in social interactions so this was one really confusing one for me um and it's quite interesting because these red flags as I'm reading them out are kind of um yeah leading to kind of different openings around like how we can really view a narcissist like they're different uh ways there's many different types of of how narcissistic personality disorder presents so 
what I found with my ex was that he was very disengaged and empty in social interactions. And this actually differed from my ex, who was the one previous, who had a completely different uh, narcissistic kind of outlook, more like your um, malignant, like really egoic. Yeah, just very like using humor all of the time to deflect everything, like completely different. But there was a more vulnerable side to this ex that I'm referring to here, a side of him that was very shy or come across as shy um, and reserved. And this is kind of the the persona that I got in the second interaction with him on that kind of second first date that I overlooked. I overlooked the red flag of the first time. <laughs> I saw the excessive kind of egoic behavior in the first instance. So yeah, again, the same people may present differently in different situations. But uh, this particular one was the confusing part of someone acting very vulnerable, shy and reserved when maybe in your head you're like, oh, if you're a narcissist or you're someone that's maybe toxic, what you expect to see is really arrogant or arrogant, like overly uh, arrogant, egoic behavior where everything is about them. You know, everything is about them. And really the point here is that they can be different behind closed doors. So also is like, where like for them to be in, uh really scanning situations of me and and they'll be thinking in themselves like how to manipulate the situation so they may act very different behind closed doors to how they act online to how they act with family different friends the public image that they want to portray and so the next one that i've written down is outwardly manipulating hiding behind theories of personal development and behavior and labeling his emptiness as stoicism, <laughs> hiding behind the growth and development path to make it look as if he is emotionally intelligent. And this was like, oh, wow. Like the minute that I recognized this, of course, it's like a complete change of belief and thought because at first it was like, this guy's emotionally intelligent. He's like helping people. He's seeing other people. He's spending his time and energy into helping others. But really his intention wasn't there. His intention wasn't to help others. His intention was to make himself look good. How how can he feel good? And he really hid behind this label. He knew that it would make him seem good on the outside. And it fooled me because I was like, yeah, he's really into this. And then like he would read his book on stoicism, like the daily stoic every single day. And honestly, like whenever he was empty and vacant and had nothing going on behind his eyes, which was another thing as well, like you could just tell that there was nothing going on um, sometimes. And there was just this like vacantness to him he would he would say oh i i'm practicing stoicism and and like he he doesn't feel anything you know so really labeling the 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 thing you would maybe the thing that you would say is like the lack of compassion and empathy as like connected to this spiritual practice that's why he's this way so again what I would say from this is just because somebody is outwardly presenting as a really kind of maybe a guru, a, a, a hero, a savior, someone that's really doing well on the outside, their intentions may not be pure at all. So like, don't let that fool you. There's many, many, and I've met many, I can really identify someone with um, 
narcissistic traits very, very quickly now. Um, and I've met many in, a, in the spiritual community actually being here, which is an interesting thing because funnily enough, in my head, I was like, great, I'm going to go away to like, you know, be a bit more immersed in the spiritual community. And hopefully there's not going to be so many of these kinds of people yet. Now I, I meet spiritual um, people uh, with, yeah, some people here with narcissistic traits and people that I would label as narcissists from what I have met and from unknown. Again, when I say this, like, I, I don't say it lightly, but the interactions that I've had and the things that I, yeah, the, the people that I've known are, are the reason that I would label um, someone in that way. And there's many arguments around the label. That's not because I want to necessarily be like, oh, let's just label them and that makes everything okay. But it's more because I recognize it and I don't feel, I don't feel weird. I don't feel like, oh my God, this is a bad word and I shouldn't say this because it's going to make me look bad. Or I think it's so important, actually, my view is that it's, yeah, it's important that we can really identify people that are, that have these traits and be understanding these patterns. So yeah, there are people all around, yoga teachers, people that are holding ceremonies, to people that are outwardly doing the spiritual work that really, you know, are, are carrying with them this and these traits. And it can be really confusing. This this part of it can be really confusing because it can be really portrayed in this whole like, ooh, love and light. We're all one let's have no boundaries, let's just forgive and forget and it just blurs the line and it's something I've really been witnessing and yeah, that's a whole thing but that's that. So I've got one last one here um, and that says, repeatedly making me explain myself and the question and question the reality of situations and conversations that were had but he said they never happened telling me that I'm the forgetful one and since I've later discovered this type of manipulation has a name gaslighting <laughs> so I was obviously here this was again like before we broke up before as I was just like really understanding like what the hell is going on I clearly didn't really understand like all of these manipulation tactics. I just knew what I was experiencing and I knew that it didn't feel right. So yeah, somebody repeatedly making you question the reality of a situation. So in my case, these were situations that we had where he was like, they never happened. I don't remember this. And then whenever I brought it up, yeah, of course it made me question me whether we had it or not because I was like, we definitely did. But then for him to... Uh, for me to recognize that he was always forgetting and not remembering anything about me, he would then tell me that I'm the forgetful one. Um, and so, yeah, this, these were things that would happen. And like, <laughs> I remember being so frustrated at times because I was like, we had this conversation. Like I 100% know and can remember exactly where we were and exactly when it happened. And um, yeah, of course, this gets you into all sorts of things of trying to like prove and then being shut down with someone that so has so much conviction and so much like matter of factness to their like responses of like, no, it didn't shut down, you know? So really, I hope that sharing these uh, personal insights, some of the common red flags um, that you might see in, yeah, different dynamics of, yeah, narcissistic relationships and things like that, 
But again, if anything in here made you uh, question yourself or you notice yourself being like, oh my God, me too, I had this, this was like this. Again, I would love to hear and connect uh, if you feel called to share anything, if there's anything that you are kind of, again, going through, anything that feels confusing for you uh, as well with this. I would just say, find a moment for yourself and bring bring everything back to yourself, you know? Like the red flags, as I said at the start, they're red flags. It's a red flag for a reason because when we when we can listen to them we're we're kind of getting like that's we're getting that little bit of insight without getting too far into something um because these will be presenting that the trick is to find these notice these understand these things before you get super involved because once you're in this is when it can feel difficult to come out and this is when you're subject to the the abuse and the manipulation and the pain and the triggers and so to be able to understand before you get so far in and to be able to say like the work here is saying I recognize this is, is a red flag that's step one step two is like this red flag I'm recognizing this in myself and I'm not going to just give you the benefit of the doubt I'm actually as hard as it is and as hard as like it is for me as a really kind compassionate caring person that can see so many sides of things and understands that maybe you have trauma that despite all of that, I'm going to realize that this is a red flag that I'm noticing and I'm not even going to give you the chance. I'm not going to give you the benefit of the doubt just to prove me wrong, you know, like just to prove me right. Sorry. Um, it's like the the healing is, is, is understanding them and then t and telling yourself in those moments that you have much more worth and you're much more deserving than you realize that you don't need to settle for red flags. You don't need to be in a situation where you're, you've seen three or four red flags and you're like, okay, but they might change. That's the biggest, that's one of the big ones. Okay, they're here, but they might change. I think they're just doing this maybe because they've had a bad day or maybe because um, they're confused or I, I can see they're a really good person, but they're so nice to me in other ways. You know, all of this stuff that gets us to talk ourselves out of these flags. So I feel really strongly about this. I feel really passionate about sharing this because I believe that our, I believe many relationship dynamics we end up in can be karmic. They can be great lessons, even though they can be painful, but you know, there there comes a point where you get to educate yourself and you get to be that witness with your own choices to decide like, hey, I'm actually, I'm not available for this anymore. And I have the knowledge and awareness and understanding now to make sure that I, I don't come into um, these situations anymore. And so maybe the karmic piece is, is before you had that knowledge, that awareness, maybe you needed to go into something to, to learn this so that it doesn't happen again. But all of these things are here for you to understand and to have um, knowledge and awareness with. You get to decide for yourself. No one else is going to come in and tell you if you're experiencing red flags in, in a situation that um, that they're okay. Like you're the one that has to say, even though like I'm really desiring you to fill a void right now or I'm actually really into you. Maybe you could just love me. Maybe you're going to be different to what I thought. Like, no. 
you have to decide that a red flag is a red flag and you're going to give that to yourself and take the appropriate action, which is not talking yourself out of the red flag. So I'm going to leave that here and yeah, see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening. If anything I shared in today's episode has touched your heart or you feel cool to share with me any parts of your own personal journey, I'd love to hear from you. You can find me over on Instagram at I am Rachel Kelly. I'm sending you so much love and I'll see you in the next episode.